sake. What's up everybody and welcome back to the FFS podcast. I'm your host Pradi and this is episode 24 part 28. Yeah, we're nearing the 31 mark which would signify the end of this special podcast because you've been listening all the way for part 1, you'll know what I'm talking about. So Welcome back actually to those of you who have been listening from part 1 and who stayed with us for so long and for those of you who've just joined us for part 28 I nearly forgot which part we were on I'll give you a brief introduction of how this particular episode has been structured essentially throughout the month of January I've hosted and will for the next 3 4 days host guests who are basically fans of various clubs from across the world and we'll be getting their thoughts and insights on various topics such as managers players you know the board transfers etc but the, all of these topics have kind of been chosen by the fans themselves uh, so i've had minimal to no involvement in that and well but except for a few and i think today one such particular part where i it's a, it's a topic that i'd wanted to discuss for a while now and it, it, like finding a guest for this particular topic was a little hard to come by uh, but we finally found one and i'm so i'm going to ask her to give you a, a brief introduction so filarima would you like to introduce yourself uh, hi uh, so my name is filarima hnota This is my second name. It's a bit of a tongue twister, but it's okay. <laughs> uh, so I was I'm from Shillong, bro- born and brought up there, and I'm currently living in Bombay, where I'm doing my MBA in sports management. So I've been a follower of Indian football for over a decade, and as well as women's football. So I guess that's a little bit about me. <laughs> Wow, I mean sports management that that's an interesting subject. I don't think many I've had many people on here that have done it. I think one more in someone else I think Aditya or someone I'm pretty sure you may know him. Yes, uh, Aditya, yeah. Yeah, so he he's done sports management, but I mean it's always an interesting subject and how are you finding it so far? It is very interesting actually. They're learning a lot more than there's so much more into sports than what I had initially thought of and I'm actually enjoying it so that's great. It's more than fantasy football and football manager, right? Definitely. <laughs> All right. So, I mean the topic we're going to be discussing is one that's been was a major topic I think last year especially women's football and like I said I was I'm mean, I'm glad that I could like get you on to the podcast because it's not I I mean I I say that and I'm pretty sure I might be criticized by everybody out here but I really I don't personally know too many uh women who watch football uh and that's probably also my friend circle isn't that great so uh yeah <laughs> uh but given that we're at the start of a new decade what what do you see from last decade that's probably surprised you positively or something that you felt that hasn't really improved as much and you would like to see improvement so what has been like a notable change in women's football over the past decade i think uh the fact that uh, many of the women's league i mean across europe have been made into professional leagues that i think is great and i feel like that will have a ripple effect on the other leagues across the world so that is one great thing that is Uh, happening that happened in the past decade 
and also i think the world cup it has grown the women's world cup in particular it has grown and it's reached to a newer audience and i mean especially in the past year where we had the women's world cup it was huge in terms of viewership in terms of people who are at the stadium in terms of sales and everything everything was it was bigger so i think that is a very positive change that we've seen across the, this past decade i i completely agree i mean a lot of these teams that have men's you know clubs or i'm talking about in europe and all of these uh, teams have now opened up women's football teams or uh, yeah i call them sister teams or whatever they call them there and of course to create a, a league of their own over there is quite remarkable and i, I mean it's it's even become it's grown to such a state where you know players from england are now moving abroad and starting to play in different leagues so it's similar it's kind of moving in the direction that we even saw men's football move and I mean, which is really really good it's something that yeah, definitely uh, everyone should be proud of and i think uh, there were a couple of more teams right in the past year i think it was in manchester united and some other team that had actually disbanded their women's football teams but then brought it back you know because of all because of how big the sport has now become and you mentioned the women's football world cup uh, the yeah. fifa world cup which i mean i also i i couldn't catch the games live but i definitely watched most if not all of the highlights of the matches which and there was some really good football being played it's not like everyone would have thought it was you know to yeah i, I can't really describe it as to what it was before but it was in fact as exciting as the men's world cup was in terms of you know drama in terms of goals and everything yeah exactly i completely agree and i think the numbers speak for themselves you know uh, they had like i think over a billion viewers that actually watched the women's world cup and that is a very huge number and then uh, and you know the interesting part is that they had the highest viewers from asia so you'd never expect i mean especially you know there's this concept where a misconception where you know women don't watch football especially in asia where football is not that popular as it is in europe but when you like see the numbers you see that most of the viewers actually do come from asia and that is very interesting to me Yeah, definitely. I I actually didn't know that, and that's quite you know, especially I'm saying Asia, but you look at it, maybe China and India, the biggest two countries in the world, if not only in Asia. And yeah. you you look at the sheer numbers in terms of volume, and you can understand why there's so much of uh, coverage there. Especially, I think it makes it easier given that you know telecast and broadcast coverage is freer. Uh, I mean, it's not free, but it's kind of easier. To, uh to access yeah. in these countries rather it's even more difficult to uh, watch football on tv in uk than it is you know in india and all of that because yeah. you have to pay for these kind uh, these coverages special charges so yeah yeah exactly so i mean, like kudos to fifa to i mean uh, for all the corruption and the bribery charges that it's gone through kudos for <laughs> kind of really bringing to light how great the women's game is in football Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly, but like any other event there it was not free of controversies, you know. Just like uh when they had the the finals for the women's final, it actually clashed with Copa America and the Gold Cup. It was on the same day. So that was a very huge disappointment to especially 
the football fans because they had to choose between one or the other and i think it was very unfair especially for the women the women players to that you know their game had to be uh, the where the viewers had to choose between to watch the women's game or the men's game and yeah that was very one that was a very disappointing thing that happened during the world cup that i personally am very disappointed by i think yeah i i wouldn't blame you for that i think if you if the fifa world cup has been so successful that i don't know whether fifa really thought it would be that successful and maybe the because of the scheduling had already been fixed they couldn't do much about it but hopefully yeah. that given how successful this past world cup has been it could be in the next near future that they will make sure that you know the fifa world cup does not clash with any such sport they do it for the men's game as well right i think uh I, i don't remember if there was any other i think wimbledon and all gets over before the fifa world cup and so uh it's it it's only a lesson that fifa has to learn uh but exactly. i mean it's a, it it's still a positive first step which you know i'm i'm glad that they took and i think one more thing that i found or i guess was notable was the recognition that these women get in like award ceremonies yeah do you have any thoughts whether you know it was it's only for publicity or do you really feel that this shift or you know they have the now they have the fifa women's best player of the year they have the same i think yeah uh, the starting 11 the yeah so i think I, it it is nice i mean now that women are getting i we're never going to say no to more opportunities more uh, to highlight women so i think it is it is nice it's something nice but i was not that happy that rapino won the best player award <laughs> even though i am a huge fan of hers but <laughs> i was not that happy right i mean that that the winners are always quite controversial when it comes to these Definitely. awards because you, you some of them seem to be more for publicity and you know the lobbying that yeah. goes on but there's no doubting what she's done for women's football this past year and we'll come to that in just in just a bit but i want to know while watching the fifa women's world cup what was it like i mean were you watching with friends were you watching with like people how is it like what was the atmosphere like unfortunately i was watching alone <laughs> but i i did have like a group of friends who was very much into women's football and who actually did follow uh, the women's world cup so we would you know text or call after the game and discuss a few things so that was okay but it was not i didn't there was no world cup fever as such that you know that when there's a men's world cup where you know we'd get together with all the friends and watch all the games together there was no such thing as a world cup fever but uh, there were a few friends that i did you know we did we did discuss certain parts of the game and the entire tournament so that No, that's still nice. I actually didn't want to say were you watching alone, <laughs> but to be slightly <laughs> kind. But uh, no, <laughs> no. But it, it's good that it's good that you had people that you could share it with and you don't know, talk and discuss it with because, like you said, I mean the men's football World Cup is a spectacle in in and of itself. You know, everyone, even non-football yeah. fans, all kind of join in together just to watch and have that in that join into the fever of that whole World Cup. uh mantra but i mean it's it's definitely nice to at least see that people are watching it so that's the, always the first step you know this is only it's only 
coming to light now as to how good the women's game is so you can't really expect everyone to be as excited for the women's game as they are for the men's game it it will take time but it's like i said it's a good first step and i think you'd agree with me on that yep definitely awesome okay now now talking about megan rapinio right uh first of all what did you make of her whole statements and her demeanor in the last year was it something that you were impressed with you felt that was a little over the top you felt that it was maybe just for publicity stunts i actually i actually liked it and and i mean if for people who actually do follow women's football i mean that is her personality it's not like she just you know just because it was the world cup 2019 and she just created this personality but if you've actually followed her that has always been her personality so it was nothing new to me and i think because people have never they don't follow women's football so they like oh this lady has such a strong character such a strong personality i think they like they were taken a bit back by that but i think for people who actually do follow the game do follow women's football i think they they know what kind of person megan rapino is so, yeah i wasn't so surprised or anything yeah i mean she's got she got my support the moment she went anti trump uh <laughs> like also also before that I, i i actually didn't know her the only only few women that i knew from women's football was alex morgan and probably mm-hmm. marta uh from the brazilian yes uh, and then a, a couple of the dutch players because i keep seeing them for play for arsenal which is a big women's team in european yes. football uh but and then of course some of the english uh women as well so okay yeah yeah but okay the whole point again about megan rapinoe because she brought up this topic or this debate rather about gender equality and equality in the wages paid uh, amongst men and women first of all do you think such a step is plausible right now or yeah i may say right now i say probably in the next 5 6 years is it a plausible step to be taken or do you feel that uh that there are certain chinks in her statement i mean that there are certain flaws which maybe yeah in the heat of the moment or emotional when you're saying that everyone needs to be paid that's a that's a statement that even i would agree with yeah in any form in any field women and men have to be paid equally but you know there are certain statistics and things to look at before you can actually agree to uh having the same level of wages given this field is slightly unique in in the way that it is laid out so uh, what were your thoughts on when she when she mentioned or when she came up with the statement what were your thoughts then yeah so uh so i think there's a lot of misconception when it comes to all this equal pay and what the us women's national team are fighting for okay so what they did was uh they uh, you have to understand where the money is coming from We, one the money one one part of the money comes from fifa okay when the where the fifa uh, divides the revenue that it generates from the world cup to all the federations and the other uh, part of the money comes from the federation so what the us national uh, women's national team have had a problem was with the federation okay so the lawsuit was against the federation who was not paying them as equal as a man the reason why uh, they 
came up with the lawsuit is because they actually had stats to back them. So uh, they actually uh, had this lawsuit after they found out that uh, after they there was an audit of their financial statements of a U.S. soccer federation that stated that uh, I think um, from 2016-2018, the women the women's team actually brought in more money than the men's team. By I think uh, uh, I think the women's team brought in almost fifty one million and the men uh, 50, around fifty million. So there was that gap, and hence they were like, "Why are we paying less? Why are we being paid less when we are bringing in more money for the federation?" So I think they actually have you know they actually have a ground. They actually have the stats and the facts to back them up uh, when they say that we want more pay. I mean, equal pay as men. So and and for the fact that uh, they do not get the same resources, they get fewer resources than men. They get a uh, lower marketing investment opportunities than men. And and the fact that uh, the soccer, the U.S. Soccer Federation, does not announce their games with enough time to bring in a bigger crowd. Uh, it is very, it's pointless. I mean, it doesn't make sense for the U.S. Federation to say that they do not bring in big crowd when they themselves do not announce, you know, the schedule on time in order to bring in more crowd. So I think, yeah, they have every right. As it is, you know, sports is a win-all competition. Like, you know, the winner takes it all. And they've been performing well. They've actually bring, been bringing in more money than the men. So why shouldn't they be paid equally as the men or more for that matter? Definitely. I, I agree with you there. Okay. So part of this whole podcast that I do is that I learn a lot of these new facts that I would never have learned from, from the guests. And so when you spoke about the stats and, you know, the justification behind Rapino's statement that they need a equal pay, which is like you mentioned that they've raked in more money than the men's team. They've been more successful than, than the men's team. I, I can't recall the last time the men's team actually won a tournament, let alone the exactly. World, World Cup. And so fair play on them they definitely deserve all they can and when you mentioned what the federation do in terms of announcing their matches and all of that it's it's sad it really is this pathetic situation that you would i i can i wouldn't i can't i can't say i understand but you know if it was to be done in england i would i would see in a way i it's not like i would agree with them but i i can understand why they did that in a way because i you know like the the gap is that far but for the us to do that it is slightly unnerving disturbing but like also is it true that they have now gotten equal pay i think i read that i'm not sure whether i read is it true or if it was uh, just a, according to you according to us soccer federation they said that the women's team have been getting more pay than the men that is according to the federation but then I do not know how that is true because this is still a lawsuit. I mean, the women are saying that they're not getting not even equal pay and the federation is saying that they are getting paid more than the men. And the fact that, you know, the the men player the players are actually backing the women for equal pay, that says something about it. 
Definitely. I, I mean, if it's a federation that states it, then I'd kind of take it with a pinch of salt because the federation is themselves are in trouble. So, uh, no, definitely hope that the lawsuit works in terms or in favor of the women's team in this particular case. But yeah, because they're I mean, actually deserving of it, you know, they've worked so hard getting two consecutive World Cup trophies. That is that is a remarkable feat. So they very much deserve it. They definitely do. And I, I mean, you speak about we speak about deserving it and all of that. And this whole comment of women getting equal pay has not only found traction in the United States, but of course, in Europe and in the world as a whole. And I want to know whether whether the US is a unique case when it comes to, you know, equality in payment of these wages because, or do you see other leagues or other, I mean, not leagues, but national teams have a justification behind their, you know, their stance to get equal pay? Or like, what I'm trying to say is that if England were to go into court and file a lawsuit against the FA to say that we need equal pay, would the FA or would they have a case for getting equal pay like the US do, or do you feel that the US is such a an anomaly in this in this case that uh, it makes sense that the US do it, but may it may not work so well abroad? Yeah, I think I think this works for the US because they've actually been performing really well and for such a long time they've been very consistent. I think this works. And if you're like talking about, uh, for a matter of fact, uh, if you're talking about payment from the national team, that is a very funny concept. Because uh, actually, I was reading there's this uh, report by Fifth Row. Okay, it's a it's the FIFA Players Association report. I think it's from 2017. And according to that report, it says that uh, this report is on women footballers across the I mean, across the uh, world. And it says that only uh, 35% of the women, they don't even get payment for playing for the national team. So that is another thing altogether. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> well, that, that's taken me by a back a bit. Exactly. Um, so, you know, a lot of things are happening around the world and I think uh, we need to like, progress and move forward and make sure that everything is moving at the same pace. Right. So, so as far as I get it, so the, the whole concept of behind the, behind this whole equality, pay equality that Rapinoe had come out with was to ensure that the Federation divide the money that they go, that the teams get from the tournament. Right. Yeah, from the uh, exactly that the team the money that the teams bring in they should right. be paid accordingly because I mean see the the soccer federation the U.S. soccer federation cannot do has no control of what uh, the FIFA sends them whatever money the FIFA gives them they do not have any control but what they have control of is the money that the their teams bring in for them so yeah. Right, and this and uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. So this doesn't have anything to do with what they're paid on a weekly wage when they play for the clubs. Uh, yeah, it actually do. So what happened is, uh, there's this, there's a, a the salary is so for women it is based. You have to understand that for the women they get paid a hundred thousand dollars plus performance based bonuses. Yeah. 
and the men get paid only on bonuses. But however, even if the men's team they lose, they still get paid five thousand five thousand dollars, even if they lose. But the women's team do not get paid anything; they lose. So and but then the women's team have got a thousand dollars. So that means even if the men team loses for twenty straight games, they still get paid the same amount as the women's team. Wow! Considering the women's team still lose, yeah. So even like the they also have a problem because you know they're gonna earn the same thing despite the fact that the men's team are gonna lose. I mean, if we take into if Take into consideration them losing, yeah. Right. And and even even if they uh even if they they are paid, I mean even if they say there's this uh, the concept where if you know if we take into consideration if let's say if the women's team play twenty games and if they win all twenty games, we still get paid uh around a hundred thousand dollars, whereas mm-hmm. the men would get for those twenty games that they play and if they win, they would get around. More than two fifty thousand dollars. Wow. Okay. That is uh, where the pay gap is. Right. No, because I mean, like you said, it's a misconception, and 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 I'd always been of the notion that you know this is all about you know Neymar's getting paid two hundred twenty-five thousand a week. Why can't we be getting that kind of money as well? And so oh, that's where I was. So. Yeah. No. So like I said, I mean. All, <laughs> It's always good to have guests like you on who, who who kind of correct me whenever I'm wrong and I yeah I mean I'm not I'm not saying I'm the well most well-read person here and I know everything but like that's why I get guests here onto the show because they talk and tell me something that I don't do not know. Huh. Uh, so yeah you were saying going to say something and I completely took over. I don't, I don't know what else I was gonna say, but <laughs> okay, all right. So let let's move on to probably our last subtopic, which is talking about. And you said that you have closely followed women's football in India, and I've had a couple of episodes on Indian football, and we've spoken about how you know nascent the or how young the entire league is, uh, or at least the new modern league. I mean, the I League's been there for a while now, but in comparison, you know, with the the big leagues in europe yeah, that's italy uk you know all these kind of leagues and how's it been like in india watching women's football is it also something that just started or is it been going on i mean what what's the scenario like right now yeah so the state of women's football in india according to me is very sad that's my personal opinion it is very very sad Uh, so right as of now, we're having the uh, Indian Women's League. Okay, it's a uh, we have they have twelve teams. However, it is a three weeks league. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that that is that says a lot about women's football in India. You know, having a three weeks league. It's I mean, if you compare that to other countries like Japan, okay, which has. Japan has actually has like three different divisions for women's football, and they play around eight to nine months in a year. They actually have proper, you know, promotion relegation system. There's a proper league, and here in India we actually have just three weeks of women's football, which is very sad. And you know, and the fact that the playing conditions aren't that good. 
they don't get a proper ground and the fact that they have to play at 12 in the afternoon and 3 in the afternoon earlier is the timing for 8 in the morning they have very weird timings which these timings are very odd and which will definitely not attract anybody nobody has time in the middle of the day to go and watch football because i somebody will always have to go to college they have to go to school they have to go to work it's so it's very difficult to you know follow to go and watch women's football in india especially the fact that it's just a three weeks league even the world cup is longer than three weeks i so uh, i mean if if a world cup which is a knockout stage or a knockout tournament takes longer than an actual league it's kind of depressing but even more so that they have to play at weird times which and the, but how's the how's the uh, well the coverage for these games if you say that they play at weird times at 8:00 and 9:00 and whatever 11:00 12:00 where people are probably busy at work or in college how do then people come to know or catch up with these kind of games if they want to that is yeah so uh, they uh, the indian football facebook page actually do a live coverage of it on their facebook page so people can actually go to that page and watch it it is not uh it's not a very very good stream but it is you know it's an okay stream which you can still watch the game and everything so yeah you can always follow it on you know the indian football page and there are a few uh you know there are a few journalists who actually do follow it and maybe uh, write articles about it and up keep an update on it and then we also have a uh, women's footy india where we try to update uh, anything and everything on women's football in the country so yeah i think people that's how people actually get to know more about uh, women's football in the country right yeah i was just about to ask whether you you i remember you telling me that you were a part of a uh, what is it called like it's not a club right it, it, it's just a supporters club in a way yeah you could say that it's just an organization of people who wants to promote you know women's football who's had enough of complaining uh we've been complaining for too long like the federation is not doing enough to promote women's football nobody's talking about women's football so decided to take up on ourselves to do it so there's women's footy india women's football india and we try to update people on all the tournaments women tournament that's happening in the country because it doesn't matter if it is it doesn't matter the size of the tournament doesn't matter but we try to you know get people into the conversation of women's football right now i mean the uh, a growing game the federation not responding and fans taking it onto the, on their own hands to do something i i mean i can't even think of a more apt indian tale right now uh, <laughs> uh thrown a couple of marigold fields and then we could probably create a bollywood film out of that as well uh <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean it's it's as it is i find it difficult sitting uh, a 1000 miles or how many ever miles it is from india to dubai uh what to watch indian football to watch indian women's football i mean it's next to impossible unless i like you said watch now star watching it on facebook streams uh i hope they aren't geo blocked right uh no no i no 
it's not (laughs) perfect uh yeah i mean talking about how the state is i'd be surprised if it was actually but uh i mean so going forward i mean like i said it's now 2020 where do you see women's football in general go forward as well as you know indian football indian women's football where do you see it in the next 10 years uh when it comes to women's football in general i think there are a lot of issues that need to be discussed in order for it i mean there are a lot of issues that we have to sort out first in order for it to move forward or to progress uh, like uh, you know when when we talk about um, women who actually quit playing football because they want to start a family and you know they don't get proper mater- there are no proper maternity policies and there's no proper child care support and they're not getting paid enough to support their family by just playing they have to get a second job i think these are the basic things that we need to resolve in order to see any growth or change in uh, women's football however saying that i think uh, in the next in this coming decade i'm hoping to see an expansion of the different women's the different women league across the across the globe having more teams um, ensuring that most of the clubs which are already established having a women's team and also supporting them and i think the same goes to for indian uh, women's football as well i hope that uh, i hope that you know the aff would take women's football more seriously because like i always say i'm 100% sure that the women's team will reach the world cup first than the men's team senior team so i think they should try to focus and maybe help grow the women's game at a you know, at a faster pace and i think as for all of us we should try to treat you know women in sports as an asset to the game to the society rather than a financial burden and maybe we'll see the development in women's football economically and in a more sustainable manner wow okay the the boldest claim that you said was the women's team was to get it was going to go in, yes, or get into the, the world cup before and I, does women, that mean the that this women senior team definitely i <laughs> i stand by that statement no, but i mean, i haven't watched any so do you think that the talent is definitely there and there's an enough I mean, you know definitely the the talent is there and the fact that uh, you know the women's world cup they're going to add uh, 32 more teams in the 2023 world cup women's world cup i think there is definitely hope for the women's national team provided provided that the girls the team the women actually get more time more play time better resources we definitely can i mean that is that is a very achievable goal and that's a very believable if <laughs> as well if they get the resources and i i wonder whether you know the 10 years right now should be initially looked at focusing on 
you know developing the game uh, and actually, before developing actually accepting the game from at least the indian federation and all of that they need to accept the fact that you know there is a team out there that's playing and that can be developed into a, like you said one that can compete in a major tournament like the fifa world cup so that i suppose is the first step and with that comes you know broadcasting it to a lo- larger audience getting them involved into all of this and uh, i mean the indian f- uh, footy women uh, organization that you are, are part of is like you said a first step in what should hopefully be like a large process um yeah and so yeah i mean it's going to be interesting and definitely yeah definitely interesting to see where women football in general end up uh, i mean there, there's a lot of now you know matches being taken seriously when the english women's team play somebody else uh, some the other countries and so it should be the case even in india uh, a three week league has to change that has to definitely change uh, it has definitely. to be more stru- be more structured and uh, like you it said should be sustainable uh, Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's no point in having a longer league if it's just going to last for a two-year period and then they run out of funds. Then it, it doesn't help anybody. Uh, yeah. I'd rather. I mean, I'm not saying I'd rather have a three-week league, but I'd rather have a three-week league that sustains for a longer period than a like a one one-year league that ends after a couple of years because you know no one cares or everyone's got their money share share of money and just stuff somewhere. uh if you get the interest from people i see that's where you know people take more notice of how they can further develop the game uh it all comes down to how many people can fill in fill in the seats how many people can fill in the tvs uh, you know tune into tvs because everything right now is into revenue if you see it even in the men's game that's right yeah the premier league and the champions league are given more priority because you know the money coming in is so much more significant than your domestic cups and people watching on tv given the timings and everything so definitely uh, yeah and i think so, that is the yeah. job of the uh, federation you know in trying to promote the game the women's game i think it is their duty their responsibility to try to promote the game get it to more people and people and if you bring it to people people at it's football people love football so i think people will always you know would probably watch it and follow it once they are exposed to women's football not only that but you get even more w- women involved in the game because they feel that it's such a male dominated sport that you know there's all that adrenaline yeah. and testosterone that's flowing around during these matches that you know if they give if they find a team that they can support which and you know then they can un- I wouldn't say understand what the men are going through but they can also ha- have some somebody that they can support because th- there's no better feeling than watching your club play and win man uh, I mean yes. like if you follow a club and you see them do I well and exactly uh, completely agree yeah uh and okay but I want to ask you so you know the whole so if the I we all can accept that women's football in europe is uh, largely more developed than it is in india and do you see in the indian football uh, the women's football league kind of looking at the way it's done abroad and try and replicate it or do you feel that it's not yet at that stage or they have their own way that they can build up the I game i think uh, see the i think this 
we can it's going to be it's going to be quite difficult to just copy and paste what what you know what a policy they're following in Europe in India because here in India you have to take into consideration the society the culture there are those you know there are those factors that will come into uh, which will influence a girl playing football okay especially in our culture where you know girls do not play sports girls are allowed to go and like you know it's unsafe for a girl to go out and just play football so the, you know it's going to it's going to have we need a different policy because we have to take into consideration the culture impact the society impact which is here in the country and that's exactly the kind of answer i was hoping for <laughs> uh so yeah i mean like i can't wait to watch and see what happens to football uh, women's football in general i'm definitely going to try and i i like i told you i think it was off uh, before we started recording the podcast that you know i didn't watch the women's fifa world cup live but i think after every match i ca- caught up with the highlights to kind of see and yeah. there were a lot of interesting matches and matches which i wish i could have actually watched live but then uh, sometimes the streaming is just a pain and you just even i i find it while watching men's football to stream matches is quite a pain so you know uh, it keeps buffering and you're a sec if you're a second behind someone who's actually watching it live and they can just ruin it for you it's just one of the worst feelings ever <laughs> definitely yeah 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 you get you suddenly uh-huh. get a notification on your phone that somebody's caught when you're like not even there yet <laughs> exactly but on the other hand you can keep your camera ready or your instagram ready if you want to capture that particular moment especially if it's like a big game uh yeah. and then post it to your stories but no uh definitely going to be fun and interesting so uh thanks for being a part of this podcast uh it was a pleasure having you on and giving your insights on to the women's football game and especially teaching me new things about what the equality the pay equality thing was really was i mean that was really an eye opener for me i i would have thought that megan rapino was asking for 500 grand a week from uh from her club <laughs> which i was a little skeptical of i was like oh, that's not yeah. really possible but it's no uh, exactly yeah, I, uh, that that is the misconception that's going on everywhere and yeah so it's it's nice to help clear that out for you definitely. and i Thanks. hope that you will follow women's football in india and maybe try to watch a few of the iwl games if you're free definitely i i am free now i should hopefully try and catch it if it's on facebook that's what uh, i really don't know where these matches get streamed so i mean now that i know uh, hopefully i should try and catch up a few of these matches and i'm going to try and see whether your bold statement is going to come true or not uh with that for that i have to actually watch even the indian men's game which i haven't been actually watching so it it, it but no nah, uh all said and done it's it's nice to know that you know there is a lot of support behind women's football especially in india which is closer to home than you know in europe and all of that so yeah definitely so uh thanks again for tuning in if you've been listening all the way from part 1 or if you've just joined us for part 28 uh, you can follow us on seven different podcast platforms you can like you can, you can like the podcast you can rate us you can even let us know if you want to be a part of the podcast episode i'm always free and ready to listen to different opinions And uh that's it I guess for episode 24 part 28 I'm your host Pradi once again and see you